This week, we discuss how LegUp Health reduced a major point of friction when selling to employers. Let's go. Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about founders who are in it for the long haul. I'm Rick, and I run a software-enabled services company called LegUp Health. And I'm Tyler. On the side, I work with Rick on LegUp Health, but my main business is a bootstrapped SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. I'm a little sick. Do I, do I sound funny to you at all? Am I a little nasally? No, you no, sound okay. you sound fine. We're we're gonna see if my voice holds out. I might I'll do my best to mute, but I might go into a coughing fit at some point here. I'm I'm getting over a cold. <laughs> oh, COVID or just a cold? Just a cold. Um, I I personally I love being sick. Like I hate it in the way everyone hates it. But uh, normally my wife Shelly doesn't let me eat fast food all that often. But when I'm sick, I have like carte blanche to get as much fast food as you want, and so. I kind of am living my best life when I'm sick. I've been eating about one and a half fast food meals a day for the last week. Having a great time. <laughs> it's like, a, yeah, getting sick is an excuse to do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Like as a kid, you drink all the soda. Anyway, uh, you've I, always got had, I always had orange sherbet. Orange sherbet. All right. Yeah, we, that was my got our I, thing. I always got that from in rainbow sherbet. That's what my grandma would give me when I was sick. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, you've got some big news. What's going on with you? Are you talking about personal news? Pers- or are you personal about- news, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we I, we closed on our new house and moved in, and the amount of stress relief that I fe- feel, I didn't realize how much that was bothering me because that was going on for a long time. Yeah, so y- you and I would talk about it not while recording, but uh, I-, I don't think like it really came up in our actual podcast episodes. But yeah, when I talked to you before and after we hit record, it sounded like that was the number one thing distracting you. Is that right? I don't think I would have said that before feeling what I feel today, but yes, it had to have been because there's all this uncertainty around when you, I had never been done this before, but when you, we, we kind of got into a house that was framed, but not finished. And when you do that, there's not like the, the closing doesn't happen right away. So you sign a contract with the builder, you put a deposit down, which is not insignificant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then you have to wait to close until the house is done. And, you know, there's really nothing you can do to like it, the builder ha- can do pretty much do whatever they want. Yeah. And so you're, you're subject to fluctuations in interest rates, uh, which was very painful for the last uh, six to nine months. Um, and then you're also subject to like, you know, trying to time, you know, removing uh, if you're in a current house, you're trying to sell a house, uh, yeah. you know, whatever your, your current situation is. And, and so it's a pressure cooker and it, um, the last month and a half was, was really, really stressful where it was like starting, like our original close date was going to be in July. Then it got pushed to August, then September. And then it was like, are we going to even be able to move into this thing in October? Um, Jeez. and so what a mess. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get some somewhat minor renovations done to our house and we were hoping to have them done by Thanksgiving and they haven't started yet. So, uh, I can kind of relate building an entire house sounds like a thing that's just like layered with traps, like booby traps waiting to get you. Yeah. And you don't know. I, I mean, hope the way we structure, like the, hopefully this is the house we're in for a very, very long time, if not forever. And it's, uh, you don't, I'll never have an opportunity to apply the learning. Hopefully, hopefully I'll never have an opportunity to apply all the learnings I had. Yeah. It's like the wedding industry. Like <laughs> hopefully you're only, you're not doing that like over and over and over again. And so you don't really get to learn anything about your experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, unfortunately I did do two weddings. <laughs> well, um, and you learned and that's why just, your second one was so yeah, small, right? For, yeah. And fortunately, I meant to say fortunately. 
<laughs> very happily married now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the second wedding goes tiny, man. I did. I had, uh, I mean, Sable, Sable had a ton of people there, but I only invited my immediate family. I mean, my takeaway from getting married is uh, get married during a pandemic and you only have to invite two people as witnesses. <laughs> well, that was really annoying, though. You had the best wedding planned. Uh, yeah, but I saved tens of thousands of dollars because it got canceled. So it's OK. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to like we, we, we should we should you should throw a party. Yeah. Uh, so we can have fun. But I think right. you did. Didn't you didn't do like a local thing? No, we didn't. Oh, um, man. We might do it one day. But one day. Um, well, I'm glad you're big housing headache seems to be behind you. And so do you feel like you've got more kind of bandwidth to focus on work stuff now or not yet? Um, I'm behind, you know, moving and closing and all that stuff put me behind on my day job. So I'm, I've got to prioritize that before I can, mm-hmm. but you're like, you're digging out of the hole. I'm digging out of the hole. Yeah. I'm digging. Yeah. So I think like, unfortunately it's kind of, it's like the, it's November 1st is, a week less than a week away and that's our big open enrollment season for yeah. our business um i think we've done what we can this year to like hit our hit our goal so i i think there's not much more to do anyway but i would like to be more helpful to jd than i have been yeah uh do you want to give any updates on kind yeah, of like i do, I do actually yeah so um the big thing i would share and you're, you're up to date on this um so i'm less telling you this uh i'm more sort of regurgitating it for you but like the um you know, we, we built you, you came out in July or June and built, and then built this software platform. And it just sat on the shelf for a while. We, we made a great decision to, to, to do the consumer. I had built a consumer app where all of our clients were using through no code cobbled gobbledygook. And then you basically said, that's terrible. You should just flip, flip that right over and you rebuilt it in a week. Um, and it was way better. And so we switched everyone over there. Um, and we also built some employer features, um, that, that weren't getting used. Um, dude, in the last two weeks, I think we've added five, four or five, uh, employer customers to the platform. Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing. Just so many learnings. Um, uh, the big thing is, uh, you know, we, 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 we know now that, um, we had gone out with only a paid version of the employer product. Um, and it's definitely worth paying for. We have customers paying for us and, and, and it's, it's something we want to charge. We will charge for but but there's like two versions of it. There's like just the software support of like con- like organizing your employees. Um, so you're let's say you're a consumer, you come into the you know Leg Up Health site, you become a client of Leg Up Health, the health insurance service, as for your family, and you're a business owner, just like you. Mm-hmm. And you have 20 employees. You're like, well, I want to refer these people to Leg Up Health. And right, what we originally started doing was going to them and saying, hey. Uh, will you pay us twenty dollars per employee so that you can add them to the software? And they're like, "I'm a small business that can't afford health insurance. No, why are you yeah. charging me for well, this?" And it's free if they just come and sign up for the consumer product. It's free. Why? Yeah, like, exactly. So they're like, um, "Can we like partner on like a, a a a sheet of some kind that like refers them to you?" And anyway, we we finally were just like, "How about this? Use the software for free, but if you want our health insurance concierge, we're only going to help people that are actually." our clients. We can't help you with job candidates and that sort of thing. And uh, we'll give you a free version of it. And that has just opened the floodgates. Um, and so uh, I think we've added, I don't know how many, like 40 people. So I, I don't, I, I feel like we've, we've, yeah, we've got I, like, I need to check. I don't know. Yeah. 40 or 50 people like that are already added or being added in the next couple days. Um, yeah. and so the model just, uh, I think some people listening probably know this, but some don't. So the model is like, we make money two ways, potentially. One is the employer pays us, like you were just talking about. And the other is if the employee 
become like makes us the agent on their policy, we get a commission on that policy. So when you say 40 people are added, they're like they're free users in the system. They're not necessarily they have not made us the agent, but presumably some percentage of them will. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the 40 people work for companies that don't offer health insurance um, that in some cases are giving them money to go buy health insurance. Mm-hmm. In other cases, they are um, already have health insurance and uh, in some cases they don't. And, you know, our, our, you know, once we know who they are, we, you know, trigger some emails to them and then JD can reach out to them and say, hey, your employer has partnered with Leg Up Health to serve you. You know, we are yeah. make us your agent. This goes back to the the kind of recurring theme of you can't optimize nothing. That so I just said some percentage of them are going to make us their agent. I don't think we have any sense of what percentage that might be, right? We have I, one client, pretty small number of users. Like I don't think we can draw too many conclusions from that. We're about to have the answer to that, you know, yeah. a few months from now. Yeah, and when we were talking about pricing and stuff, um, we we had like debates around strategy. JD and I were just talking about this. Like I go for a walk once a day uh, with, and call JD and just see how he's doing and. Um, you know, we were, we were talking about this and it's like, every time I, I spend a ton of time talking about strategy, it's always wasted mm. until it's based on like execution and then like talking about whether the strategy for the execution is most effective. Um, you can't really have a, 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 a productive conversation about strategy unless you have something that's already being executed well. Yeah. It's so hard. I mean, I, on the less annoying side of things, I've time and time again, and I just had a big one of these where I was like, man, I was doing so much stupid stuff. And you reach that realization and you're like, now I see how I can put, I can use my time effectively to actually get impact. But you you almost have to make, you have to use it poorly and learn the lesson sometimes. But yeah, I, f- I feel like getting people on the system, and getting them using it is such an unlock. Yeah. And we waited too long in hindsight, but. So my question, I guess, is like, where are you currently in terms of freemium's just going to be a part of the, the go-to-market plan here? Let's get as many people on the system. Let's make most of our money by being their agent and getting a commission and then see if we can layer additional employer services on top of versus this is a temporary thing, but we want them to be paying long term. So if we had talked uh, a week and a half ago, I would have said this is a temporary thing to unlock. Uh, but since then, just watching the pressure relief on the... Like, I can't explain it other than like sometimes you just create so much resistance in trying to sell something mm-hmm. that it's like working against you. Yeah. And the the amount of resistance that we have eliminated just by saying, just add your employees. Like, yeah, there's nothing to lose here. Nothing to lose here. Like it's just, it's so different. Um, so I, I do think there is some permanent version of us going, you know, when, when someone signs up, are you a business owner? Oh, you are. Would you like to, you know, like, like giving them additional features out of the box mm-hmm. and letting them sort of use this freemium version of our software. But there's absolutely no way we can offer what JD is to them from a health insurance concierge for free without, you know, um, without some sort of comp for it. Cause it's just, it's just, um, it's too valuable and it's too expensive for us. But as long as they make us the agent, we're getting paid enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like if, if you know, what, what the we can tell the employer for the free version is like, hey, that, like we're not going to go out of our way to help someone who's on Medicaid navigate Medicaid. Yeah. But well, absolutely. Like if if someone needs a marketplace plan, serve them on the marketplace if they make us their agent. But if they're not going to make us their agent, we we're not going to help them. Like yeah. we can't. Like that's a, we don't make any money on that. But but if you pay us twenty bucks a month, we will we will freaking uh, when they say uh, like you know jump, we'll say how high. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if that add-on sale works or not. But yeah, when you were describing like 
this uh, I forget the language you use, but like it was so hard and then it got easy. It sounds like when you have you ever uh, listened to a podcast or followed someone on Twitter, like the moment they hit product market fit. Where they're just like, I've been doing this for a year and a half or however long. <laughs> it's been like just it feels like I'm pushing a boulder That's- up a hill. And then all of a sudden. The the boulder's going downhill now. I'm not even pushing it anymore. It's just rolling downhill. No, you're you're absolutely <laughs> right. And I like if you hadn't called that out, I wouldn't have actually like celebrated this moment. But like this is absolutely one of those moments where it's like, holy crap, we just changed one little thing. It cost us nothing, and it changed. It's going to change the trajectory of our business. Yeah, it's it still remains to be seen. Like, what do the unit economics work out to here? Like, how many? individual people can JD serve and like what's the cost of service there's a lot of unknowns but it went from JD trying to sell this to people and then being like the whole point is I can't afford health insurance I'm not paying you money to like oh yeah no brainer like when like like let's get going tomorrow yeah, here's I mean. a roster of 40 people can you upload it for me yeah uh <laughs> so I I love it it's not just one like this is like it went from like there were 20 proposals out and we we're kind of like getting ghosted to making five offers and then closed. I love it. I no. I obviously like, let's try to make money however we can. But um, if I envision a world where no one ever pays us for the employer plan, I still think this is a pretty fucking good business. You know, I know there's only upside on that other stuff. It's not necessary. Like our business is not dependent on it. And that's, that's one thing I'll just call out. Like when, when I started this business, I was like, if we can't make this business work on individual health insurance alone, I'm not interested. Because yeah. I don't want to feel pressure ever with, our, with any other product that we have. And so fundamentally, this is a break-even business on individual health insurance commissions and everything else is gravy. And I know that there's going to be gravy. I don't know where the gravy is going to be. I think there's some gravy in this uh, employer uh, concierge product. But like, if it's not, we'll find it somewhere else. Well, now we've got something to optimize. Instead mm-hmm. of being like, we're pitching them on something we have no idea if it's going to work. It's like, we've already got the relationship with them. Let's let's let them come to us and say, what do you need help with? Here's what yep. it's going to cost. I mean, you saw the, uh, you saw the Slack message from JD and the, uh, yeah. about, uh, w- one of our customers. Um, and it's just like the, the amount of things like the software could possibly help them with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's not small. And that's just day one. <laughs> so um, okay, that's awesome. Um, one, one thing just related to this I want to talk about um, is it's, you asked me like, can I help? more. And I, I definitely feel guilty when I can't contribute at leg up health because of my day job. And, but the reality is like with this unlock, there is no re- we do not need to do any sort of net new marketing for the, for this fourth quarter to hit our goals. Our goals are 200 clients to remind everyone and uh, 20 employer customers, 200 individual, like yeah, 200 consumer, like families, yeah. households, um, and then uh, 20 businesses. Um, and that gets us to a like profitable profitability next year. Uh, JD's making money. We have some optionality. We can start playing a different game. Um, we we can hit those numbers with our existing pipeline and just going like we have 130 some clients right now. Just go like go go through that list and find all the business owners and say, hey, we have a new feature. Yeah. Add yeah. your employees. Hell yeah. Uh, I love. <clears throat> excuse me. I now's not the time to talk about it, but like in January, I think we're nearing the point where the topic needs to be when does jd max out what he can do absolutely you're 100 right i was uh starting to write down 2024 priorities because like I, i'm you know when you have ideas but you're like you can't opt act on them so but like if you don't write them down it's like frustrating um yeah and so i was just i was like i have all these ideas but i can't do anything about them so i started writing down our 2024 priorities the first priority for 2024 is to shift from this like 
uh, unprofitable mindset to get to the, like, I want we break kind of that past that point, assume we hit our goals to like profit sharing mindset, where mm-hmm. even if it's a 1%, like the three partners, you, me, JD are, are getting something every quarter, every month, whatever we, the cadence is. Yeah, you're going to pay for my white castle. Yeah. We're going to buy, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to buy you a diet, Dr. Pepper or whatever you drink. You Regular Dr. Yeah. Pepper, Rick. <laughs> yeah. um, I need high fructose corn syrup <laughs> in my veins. Yeah. We'll buy you one of those a month. Um, but, but then, you know, we're all incentivized to grow that. And that's like number one. Um, number two is, um, is, is to address, like continue to deliver customer service and experiment. And like part of that is like experimenting with staff augmentation. And I, I, I don't want to wait until JD can't service everyone to do that. Like we have to start experimenting with, with, how that works. Um, and so that's like, I, I look at that as priority number two, um, outside of the, pro, like the, the natural, ma- the massive cultural shift that we're going to go through, through prop, the profit sharing mindset. Um, and then the rest is just, you know, how do we get more customers? Yeah. Details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's exciting. I mean, I got to say, <clears throat> you know, two weeks ago when we recorded our last episode, I didn't think that right now you'd be saying, oh yeah, like we're on track to hit our goals. It's all like, we weren't like far off, but I thought it was going to be like, a, yeah, we fall a little short. It is what it is. And now it's kind of like, well, we're definitely going to hit some of those numbers. No question. Now, of course, it's different. It's different to hit numbers when you're not getting paid for it. It's different, but still. The three, like our group health insurance deals are larger. So the assumptions behind those 200 clients and 20 employers is like we have revenue assumptions that's tied to them. Mm-hmm. Our, 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 our client stuff is going to hold like this is like juicing our client numbers. Cause we're getting so many leads for JD to go hit the 200. We're already at one thirty something. So like that's that, and that holds like uh five, it's about $500 a year per, per client. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I feel really good about the, uh, employer side is, is, is at two K the, the assumption is two K per deal, uh, $2,000 per year per deal. Our group health insurance commissions on the deals that we're doing on the group side are like five K average. Wow. Okay. So, so we if, get eight of those, you know, yeah. we, we actually cover it and, and then the rest is gravy. And so you're talking about add those together, you get $140,000 a year in, I don't know if it's called, it's ARR, I guess. Yeah, it's ARR. It's, so it's weird calling it that in the insurance It's not industry, subscription. It's, recur- it's, it is it's recurring, reoccurring. Yeah. I guess this is where you get into like the, I, I call it ARR, but it's. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. So you're talking end of the year, 140,000 ARR is kind of a reasonable target and that'll cover all the operating expenses and. Yeah, that'll be what like our starting budget is for next year, and you know how we base our profit sharing arrangements on. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll you know adjust adjust our general managers uh, comp comp to it, and then start thinking about like where do we want to spend? What, where's our like next best investment? Yeah, cool. I like it. Which I think is staff, staff augmentation. Yeah. Cool. We get, we'll, we'll talk more later about that, I guess. Hey, huh? this is getting interesting people. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like stay tuned. Um, it's, I think this is a turning point until um, we, you know, we have different problems to solve. It's never going to be like, oh, yeah. I, I, I just don't believe get... that like the, the world exists where it's just like money starts getting printed. Do you even want that? Or maybe you do. I don't want yeah, that. I would love it. I, you love it, but then you go, you go make up new challenges for yourself. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Life would be so boring if you just, I don't know. This is why I don't want to sell. I think I could find business. some things to do if, if, if money was being printed for me. I yeah, would invite yeah. you to come along. <laughs> uh, What's up in your world? Yes. Yeah, so I don't have any like, so I think right as your business hour, but really your business starts getting more exciting. Mine's about to get more boring because like the theme I've been talking about recently uh, is 
kind of going back to basics and simplifying things. Um, I've got another example of that, but like, I think I'm going to be talking about a lot of like concepts because the actual doing of running less annoying serum right now is just like, yeah, we just have to go build the, build the things that we want to build. And like, it's very feature and just like execution heavy. Um, so we'll see how, what, what this means for the podcast, but I I bet I'm going to have some pretty boring stuff to talk about. But in that topic of going back to basics, um, I said last episode, like, uh, what was I talking about? The product strategy, I guess. Like, this is what a, a third grader would come up with. If you asked a third grader, hey, we've got a company, it sells a product, we want more customers, the third grader would be like, make the product better. Um, and that's not like the advice out there for the most part, but like, we're going to try that. We'll see if it works. I did another version of this. Actually, let me go out of order here. I was listening to a version of this on, um, do you listen to Rogue Startups, Craig Hew- uh, Hewitt's podcast? I don't. I, I listen um, to no podcasts these days. No podcasts. I, I miss yeah. them. I know a bunch of people who have just completely stopped listening to podcasts. Anyway, uh, he has. It, it was with a co-host like like what we do, and now it's mostly just him talking solo. But he was talking about a thing with his business um, where so he's got like a podcast. He, he has a handful of kind of podcast related things. One of them is a podcast production company, so it's like a service that people will buy, and. It's basically, yeah, it's podcast production. And then I guess if I understand his what he said correctly, he like came up with this idea for positioning it that was like, the point isn't podcast production. It's like you're building a personal brand and we're going to like make you your brand successful. And so he like repositioned everything around that kind of job to be done. And apparently just sales tanked Um, and he switched it back and things are going going well again. That's just I, I heard that and I was like, that's another version of like, what would the third grader do? The third grader would say, well, what is the service? It's a podcast production service. Cool. The H1 of your website should be podcast production service. You know, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all have to like learn that like all of us in this world, we're reading books, we're listening to podcasts, we're following people on Twitter and we get all these concepts and we want to like outsmart ourselves. And then it's sometimes like, just, just say what the fuck you do. And that's, <laughs> the customer will hear that and be like, oh, is that the thing I want? Yes or no. How does this translate for you? Well, that specific positioning thing is different, but I've got another. So I, I think I you're already really good at that. I think we, I think I've, uh, I have been, and I also think I keep getting, there's like the, the siren call of, well, what if we tried this and get more clever? You know, I'm always tempted to, to go against my instincts, but I think my instincts are good. Um, the specific example I have here is financial modeling. So I've said before, I don't have a very complicated financial model, but I simplified it even more. <laughs> and realized I was so two episodes ago I was like we're in a great financial position and then an episode after that I was like oh no I stopped looking at increasing ARPU because we're doing a price change our user growth's not that good we're actually not in a great financial position then I saw this our uh the financial model had us transferring a certain amount of money into the treasury like basically our long-term savings every month and I counted that as an expense just I don't know why but so if we have a really good month, we transfer some extra money into the treasury because our treasury is meant to always be two months worth of revenue. So if we grow more, we have to transfer more into the treasury. Does that make sense? <laughs> I, I really uh, played myself here. I modeled in the price increase and our MRR rockets up that one month because two thirds of our users are going to start paying us 50% more. What I didn't notice is that had us making a $100,000 payment into the treasury the next month. 
to account for that increase in MRR. Uh, so I looked at the numbers and I was like, damn, we're going to lose a lot of money next year. We're not losing the money. We're just moving it into the treasury. That's hilarious. <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> the, yeah. Yep. So how did you fix that? Well, so again, what would a third grader do? A third grader would just be like, how much money did you have last month? How much money do you have this month? I don't care if it's in the treasury or not. Who cares? I actually, I think what we did before was good. Before we had enough savings, this forced us to save before spending. So I liked that. But um, what we're doing now, so we switched to Mercury as our bank. They just have all your accounts combined. Here's how much money's in the bank. I'm just tracking that number now. Is, Again, is Mer- that's simple. Is Mercury, uh, side note, is Mercury a great, good experience? We're on Chase yeah, and it's incredible. so limiting in terms of what we can do. Mercury's incredible. There's a couple minor things I have complaints about. Uh, the biggest one is you can't write paper checks. So we have a different bank account to do that because we, the city of St. Louis only accepts paper checks, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but sorry, I keep muting myself to cough. But can't you, <laughs> with Mercury, write a, a paper check digitally? Yeah, but the the problem is like if we're paying taxes or something, we we often have to do it like with quick turnaround time. Oh. Like our our accountants don't have our taxes done until the fourteenth, and we have to send it out the next day. Um, it's annoying. It, it's not a big deal, but but you uh, just set up a, a, a third party bank account that you can write. So keep a Chase account around for writing checks. Yeah, we set up Bluevine. It's just like another online bank that was easy to sign up for, and they do paper checks. Um, no, I love Mercury. It's and in, in particular, let me call out a feature they've got that I love. <clears throat> they have these like auto transfer rules. So you can basically say, I always want $150,000 in my payroll bank account. I want $30,000 in my like bill pay account. I want this much in savings. Anything left, put it into money market funds or whatever. Oh. And it just automatically moves the money around for you. So you don't Especially even have Especially with interest rates right now. Like, yeah, we're getting like, in the tens of thousands of dollars a year, because a decent amount of our money is now, they, they call it the treasury. That's like a feature they have. And the money in there is getting a high enough interest rate right now that it's making a material difference. And for can it. you pull that money out in real time or is there is it get locked up in the money market fund for? No, it's, it's like any brokerage account where it's like it takes a few days to get it out, but it's fairly liquid. Yeah. Well, thank you for, uh, I'm, I'm putting that on the you know, my 2024 priority list that's got Merc- switching to Mercury is on my 2024 yeah. priority list. Mercury is awesome. And they keep putting more stuff out. It, it's really great. Um, but yeah, that's just another version of this. I'm, I'm now looking around at other parts of business. Like what would a third grader do? <laughs> I simplified our banking. I simplified our financial model. I simplified how we think about product strategy. What's next? Can I ask you what a third grader would do about your business? Well, I mean, I, I want to ask you, like, what would a third grader do it, uh, to grow the business? Like from a marketing standpoint? From a user growth perspective. So perspective. I'd like to think that's what we did, I think, four months ago. Um, if you recall, I was kind of like, we, we had all these marketing ideas and all these like bets we were placing. And then we went, I don't know if I articulated it this well on the podcast, because like, maybe this is like after the fact I realized how to frame it, but... When people buy a CRM, what do they do? They Google best CRM or whatever. Where does that take them? It takes them to maybe there's 20 different websites. We just have to be there. Uh, That means Google AdWords. 
means advertising on G2 and Captera, which are two big marketplaces. It means reaching out to people who write blog posts. Uh, this is stuff we were doing seven years ago. And not that we stopped, but I just think we our plan right now is like, let's just keep doing that. I love it. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm, I don't think I got a lot longer in me here. Okay. <laughs> Unless you start talking more. Okay. Um, what's up? What else you got going? Let's get, let's get everything from you. You got, um, Oh, tell me about the mercury auto transfer rules. Well, that's what I was just talking about. Okay. With the, uh, the moving money back and forth. Can you, can you say like once account exceeds a certain amount, transfer the, the excess? Yeah. I do yeah. that manually and chase every month. Exactly. I was doing that with bank of America. Um, it's even better than that. You can say like, it's not once it hits a certain amount. It's like every single day, make it this amount. So if you go over, it takes away from it. If you go under, it replenishes it from somewhere else. So there's one savings account that funnels into all the checking accounts. And then there's the treasury, which twice a month, either you sell from the treasury into savings or vice versa. But so it just keeps everything balanced. It's so cool. And for like, if we wanted to set up like the profit sharing account, for example, could we say like, you know, can you can you do things like how I, I want to know how sophisticated it is? Can you go like take a percentage of the increase during this period and transfer it to this account? I doubt you can do that. Um, I'm pulling it up right now to see. I know you can do like target amounts. Oh, I want my uh, my YubiKey, and that's in a different room. I'm not going to be able to get in. <laughs> oh, security! Damn it. Well, that's a good thing. Uh, but no, I, I don't think it could do what you were just saying, but it could do. The key thing for me is like, I never want to, <clears throat> excuse me, I never want to write a check and not have the money there. But also, I don't want to have so much money piling up in my checking and savings when it should be going into the money market or wherever. So it just keeps everything in balance. It's especially valuable because like I mentioned uh, before, Paddle, I found out our new payment processor, they only pay out money once a month. So... We have to have a lot more money in our like available to us. We're basically a month behind on cash flow at any given time because of that. But again, this will just take money out of the treasury as we need it. So I don't really have to think about it at all. It's great. Cool. Thank you. On the yeah. 2024 priorities. Yeah, great. Um, and then, yeah, final note on all of this, kind of simplifying things. So I, I updated my financial model. It's simpler. It's better than I thought. It's still, you know, we're not like set forever, but it's better than I thought. I've just decided for the next year, I'm not going to care about money. Like, we've got a product strategy. We know what we want to do. It could be wrong. I'm not saying it'll work, but I'm just going to give it a year before I even think about it. That's smart. So let me just recap what you did. You basically looked at the financial model, simplified it, and then made some very, I don't know, conservative assumptions around the growth of the business. And you basically just said, okay, I'll revisit. I'll put a, a calendar item for a year from now. And I'm not going to look at this again unless something bad happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep an eye on like if we're actually losing revenue or something, but I have the model has zero growth baked into it. So it's like if we don't grow at all, we're good for at least three years. So I, I'm just not going to worry about it for one year. Yeah. And you'll do it again in a year. That's great. Yeah. Uh, that's, the bad news I think it's really healthy. Th thanks. I'm glad to hear that. The bad news for this podcast is again, this is why I'm saying I think it's going to be boring is my update every time is just going to be like, we're still working on the features that we're building. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you can still report your ARR. Yeah, I can. Right now, it's not like we. Uh, maybe an update on the. Uh, so we announced this price increase to our all our legacy users. We saw like a, not much churn right away. 
we are down 300 users this month net mm. so it makes sense like someone's not going to cancel their crm the day of the announcement like it takes a little time to get your ducks in order but i will be interested to see how like are we losing 300 users a month for the next six months or is it like this is this is the main i i have baked in i'm expecting 1500 users total that would be 10 percent churn from this but uh yeah we'll see yeah, I mean, the only thing that you just don't know right now is, is if there's something else causing that. Right. Yeah, we can. Uh, who is it? I'm forgetting who. Someone wrote a blog post. that's kind of like for every one person who tells you something, there's like 10 to 100 people who thought the same thing but didn't bother to tell you. A decent number of people have been canceling, being like, I already wasn't using you much. You're not surprised increase. Bye. So it's only been like it's only like five to 10 people who have said that this month, but. If you imagine they're representative of 50 to 200 or whatever other people, I, I think that's a decent amount of it. Makes so. sense. Yeah. Uh, anything else on your list? No. Um, I had something I wanted to ask you. What was it? Oh, when's your next trip to Utah? Or my next trip to St. Louis? Mm, I don't know. Uh Ski time? Ski time, yeah. Because I'm not doing... I'm going to Japan. Normally, my I go skiing over spring break because my wife's a college professor. We're going to Japan next year, not skiing. Uh, so maybe I need to work in some some ski time other times uh, in the winter. It'd be fun. Yeah, let's talk. You want to get JD out there too? Yeah, I think we should, like, we should do it like February-ish at the latest yeah i think that, um, that works the only yeah the only thing i have planned right now is uh going to big snow tiny comp which i think is late january early february oh, it's gonna be fun yeah, I'm I heard, yeah it looks so much fun um cool well um if you don't have anything else like and you want to save your voice let's call it okay i will come back two weeks from now able to talk i'm i hate listening to podcasts where someone has raspy voice it's like just why did you even record today just skip it so i'm sorry to everyone who had to listen to this <laughs> you don't sound bad at all you did a great job of muting yourself in between uh, coughing fits um, <laughs> thank you <laughs> and uh yeah so um if you'd like to review past topics and show notes visit startlast.com see you next time see ya